This is a hat trick podcast. Oh, lovely. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you remember your sex education? Was it helpful to you? Was it filled with scientific information rather than real, practical advice? I'm Degree Weight, and this is the real sex education. Every other week, I'll be posing sex questions busting sex myths and opening up our mailbox to answer your relationship conundrums but in order to do this i need an expert a sexpert if you will but the only sex and relationship therapist i know is my mum hello mum hello digs hello and welcome to the real sex education i'm degree weight and i'm joined as ever by accredited sex and relationship therapist kate campbell hello mum hello digs mum we went on a school trip didn't we? We went to the pictures. We went to the pictures, to the cinema, real sex education on tour. It was our first school trip. We heard about a new film, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, in which Emma Thompson plays a retired widow who hires a young sex worker to give her her first ever orgasm. It's not the usual film you'd imagine a mum and son to go to. There was no one else in the cinema, so exactly. So we were able to spread out, relax. Yeah, have a good time. Have a good time. Well, it was a very special outing, and as such, I thought I'd record a little something of us before we watched the film. Would you like to hear it, Mum? Are you sure you want people to hear this back? Play it. Let me see. All right. You can hear that banging sound. That is Mum playing on her chair. Mum, Mum. You need to seriously chill. <laughs> you need to stop that. Okay. We are currently... Okay. We're currently at the cinema. As you can probably stop that. As you can tell, we've got the entire place to ourselves to come and watch this film. Um, are you excited? Oh, yeah. Good. I mean, you sound very excited. Mama's had two massive bags of pick and mix. Uh, and you had to go to the toilet throughout, didn't you? Because you had too many sweets. <laughs> yeah. I have had no sweets at all. <laughs> I, or definitely no sleep, yeah. I know you're about to say that. That was a Freudian <laughs> slip there. No, no sweets. Ooh. Oh, here we go. It's starting. Shut up, everyone. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Um, so sometimes I, I feel like the roles are reversed between the two of us. I don't know if you get that impression sometimes as well. I don't know what you mean. No, of course. Um, so that was before the film. But... And before the film, before we even watched the film, we knew that there was quite a big conversation going on after we watched it about something called the orgasm gap and women who can't orgasm, don't orgasm, that sort of thing. So before we talk about the film in any more detail, Mum, can you tell me what the orgasm gap is? Yeah, well, the orgasm gap is the is the difference between how often men orgasm during penis and vagina sex and how often women orgasm during penis and vagina sex. And there is a big discrepancy. So vaginas mm. are really, really good at giving men orgasms. And vaginas are very, very bad at giving women orgasms. Because mm. very few women orgasm 
just through intercourse. Well, funny you should say that because I have got an article which I will link to in the show notes, which says, according to this research, of 52,000 participants, only 35% of heterosexual women always or usually orgasm during vaginal sex alone. 35%. Yeah. And I don't think it's as high as that, to be honest, because I think there's there's a bit of a, of, of a belief that you should be able to. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons that there is this belief that you should be able well, mm. there, are two, there are two main reasons. One is Freud, Sigmund Freud, the psychoanalyst, said that clitoral orgasms were immature. Mm. Um, and he said that vaginal orgasms were what you should be aiming for and that women who could only have clitoral orgasms, there was something wrong with them and that orgasm through intercourse was the way to go. And that was a proper mature orgasm. I mean, it's a, such a ludicrous idea because a, a cum is a cum, you know. Um, but, yeah. We'll clip that. But, we'll clip that bit. <laughs> But but Freud, but Freud, um, who is a little bit sex obsessed anyway, j- you know, just had this really really strange idea, and it was v- disproved, of course, because we, you know, research very swiftly showed when research was done that actually clitoral stimulation is necessary for an orgasm in women of most one way or another it is and sometimes the women that have orgasms during intercourse have a highly developed clitoral complex so they've got part of the clitoris which is inside the body rather than the little knob you see on the outside it is very close to the surface of in in the anterior wall of the vagina and so it's stimulated during intercourse and they have orgasms more easily because of that or because their clitoris is rubbing against the the man's pelvis or part of his penis or something like that, or because Mm. there is direct clitoral stimulation being applied. That's why people orgasm. So a lot of people will say that they are orgasming during intercourse when they're actually not, and it's not, or it's not just intercourse alone that's causing it. But you would believe it was because whenever you see women in films or couples, heterosexual straight couples in films, they go into a lift, they look around, they do it. And they, they both come simultaneously and the woman looks absolutely overwhelmed with passion with no foreplay, just mm. sticks it in. Wow. They come. That's it. But that, that doesn't happen in real life, but it gives the impression that that's the way women should have orgasms through. And, and it makes people think there's something wrong with them if they don't. Mm. Mm. And it works both ways. I think young women think they should have orgasms that way and also young men think that young women should have orgasms that way and so they don't you know try anything different or that sort of thing yeah i I think that's true and i think a lot of a lot of i i often hear about um men saying oh my partner only comes that way well quite often that partner's faking um Mm. and quite often people will go on and on and on trying you know a a guy will try not to climax to and keep on pumping away and you know they're both getting sore and tired and Mm. wishing it was over but Mm. but because there's this belief that you should be able to so why can't women or why don't women orgasm at all and not just in terms of because i'm sure there's some women as well it's not just they you know they 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 do stimulate the clitoris all that sort of thing but they still don't orgasm. So I guess that might be two separate questions. Why can't or why don't? Yeah, well, that, that it is It is in a way. And the, in the film that we watched, mm. the, there was a 55-year-old, I think, 
Mark Commode said she was supposed to be, um, woman played by Emma Thompson, who had been unable to orgasm throughout her life, either through masturbation, through intercourse or any other means. She had never climaxed. And mm. we saw her as a very uptight kind of a person. So mm. who potentially found it hard to let go and mm. possibly thought of sex as a bit, as a bit grubby or certainly not very pleasant from what she said. And so, mm. um, she had hired a sex worker to hopefully unlock something, but she, she, she wasn't just concerned about orgasm. She was concerned about having sexual experiences that other people did. She felt unfulfilled as a woman because she hadn't experienced things like oral sex. So yeah. it was more than just the orgasm for her. So mm. she wasn't, she wasn't a victim of the orgasm gap. She was just a victim of no orgasm, um, mm. if you like. Mm. And, and potentially because of not ha having ever received proper stimulation, being p poor sex education, um, probably feeling masturbation was a bit grubby and not doing that. So not knowing her own body well enough. And not having a, a sympathetic, um, good lover. Yeah. I mean, and I think her experience for, you know, might well translate for some people, but probably not all people who have it. So that's her reasons why. But are there women who, who literally can't orgasm? Is that, is it possible? Oh, what, for physical reasons? Yeah, as well. Not just the, the societal ones we're talking about, you know, the stigma placed on women's sexuality, those sorts of things, or like having a bad partner, those sorts of, like, I guess, nurture, maybe more nature. Is it, is, is it, if for some people, is it impossible? No. 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 Even people who've had spinal cord injuries can relearn orgasm. Um, mm. That was, it might be difficult, but they can. I won't go into loads of details, but direct vagus nerve stimulation can, can bring about orgasm. Me memories of orgasm can bring about orgasm. So when, when you say direct vagus, that sounds like some sort of gambling thing or, or, or maybe direct or is it or is it like or, I'm, I'm imagining you know two people in a lab connecting you with clippers and you're electrocuting you with a big orgasm like what what is that actually is that it's a big long nerve that runs down the center of the body and it's a nerve that connects with the clitoris so mm. you can stimulate say the cervix and create an orgasm that way there is a there is a highly erogenous area there that a lot of people don't know. Be careful if you're if you're trying this, um, mm. and maybe don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but 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 things like that work. Also, you you know, at the site, I think we've discussed this before. At the site of a of a spinal fracture, the 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 area around it becomes very sensitive. So if you stimulate mm. the the site of the fracture, so the skin above it, you can often mm. achieve orgasm that way. So. It, wow. Everybody has the potential to orgasm. I've heard about someone who, yeah, was in a wheelchair and so they couldn't feel anything from about the shoulders down and they mm. would orgasm through their ear being ear, played with. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I've heard of all sorts of things, noses, yeah. you, you name it. It's really, really unusual. Head, um, shoulders, knees and toes. Knees and toes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, everybody can do it. Is it inherently easier for men to orgasm? Yes. Yes. And so is well, that part of the reason why there's this orgasm gap? I suppose in theory it's easier, but lots of lots and lots and lots of women can orgasm really, really quickly, really quickly, um, mm. given the right stimulation and the right frame, you know, and being relaxed and all of that stuff. Um, just mm. being in the frame of mind where you're, you, you know, you're interested in sex. 
so many people can, women can orgasm within seconds mm. of starting stimulation. So, um, and they can have multiple orgasms during sex sometimes, but it's not, there's no requirement to do so. And it isn't a fail if you don't, you know, nothing mm. like that. Um, and it, and we're all different and our bodies are all different. Mm. But I want to say it's easier for men because they can just because the you know it's quite easy to stimulate the penis with a vagina or with a hand. It's a bit you, you know it's, sometimes it's more difficult to stimulate the clitoris because if it's a, if the external clitoris is small and that's what you're going for, then maybe mm. it's possible that it's that it's more difficult to stimulate simply because there isn't so much of it outside the body. But there are, you know, the, the clitoris, as I say, is, is, is internal. With experimentation, you can find it's not just that little bit on the outside. People with a larger clitoris on the outside will find, may find orgasm during intercourse easier because it's easier to make that, you know, friction contact. Mm. So theoretically, it's it shouldn't be more difficult for women um and it probably isn't in lots of relationships or for lots of women they may say it's really not difficult at all and they may climax very quickly um with no trouble but for some women it is it is going to be harder and yes there are all sorts of beliefs about you know masturbation being wrong um experimentation being wrong anything other than intercourse being wrong some people do believe that um, some men believe that as well as some women, and it can certainly inhibit their sexual expression. There's no doubt mm. about it. But equally, there's no reason why with experimentation and relaxation, you shouldn't be able to get there. And is that is this something that people come to you for? If people do, do people ever see you and go, hey, hello, Kate, sex therapist, I can't orgasm, I really want to, what do you prescribe? Yes, you, all the time. And, yeah. And is that the sort of, that's what you do? Uh, you you do experiments with them, obviously for them to themselves. I don't do experiments with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, again, in your lab, you're like putting them up. But yeah. no, no. So you give them experiments to do themselves or with their partner. Yeah. And focusing on that relaxation, focusing on those sorts of things that they enjoy, mm. and hopefully that way they could do it. Um, yeah. Would you say that lately there's you know this new boom of like sex positivity, and I think the younger generation funnily enough, in like programs like sex education stuff, there is a shift towards more women wanting orgasms and wanting to close this gap. Do you think the gap is closing? And how do we close the gap? No, I think the gap is widening. Interesting. Interesting. I I think that's pretty sure. And a lot of that is due to various kinds of media. Mm. Because you, you are seeing people on TV, you, you know, t- t- women getting off on intercourse. It's so, so penis and vagina focused. And yeah. it's interesting, every survey that's done finds that lesbians have more orgasms than women in straight relationships because mm. they are obviously understand one another's bodies a lot better. Mm. And, you, you know, and, and a lot of men feel that they've failed if they don't provide orgasm through thrusting and many Mm. don't understand what a clitoris is where it is what to do with it Mm. and a lot of people like to get straight on with intercourse or think that's the right thing to do and there are an awful lot of people who approach 
um, sex at times when partners aren't really interested and so they try to get it over more quickly. So there's less time for experimentation as well. Mm. No doubt about it that a lot of people are getting their sex education through porn, which isn't a realistic um, portrayal of most people's sexual experience. That's not helping. That is definitely mm. not helping. And again, there's, there's a lot of orgasming through penis and vagina sex in there as well. And, and, that, you know, precisely. And yeah. other funny things that, you know, that don't happen, that a lot of people don't really like, but they do like in porn. Because you have to remember that porn is fantasy sex. This is not, mm. this mm. is not supposed to be seen as real life sex. There's, you know, we've, we've heard guests on this program saying, you know, people can tell the difference, but I sometimes wonder if they can um, mm. tell the difference mm. because if you don't see, you know what what you see on a movie or tv if you if you believe that that is real life sex then why wouldn't you believe porn is is typical of real life you know most people's sexual experience yeah interestingly the sex worker in the movie that mm. we watched seems such a fantasy figure mm. uh mm. he i don't have experience of sex work male sex workers myself personally but i do, <laughs> but i don't imagine there are many like that are like this guy you know, who, Absolutely who was not. more like a therapist. Yeah, he was a therapist. He was so calm. He was also unbelievably attractive. Good looking. Un so, so good fit. looking. So fit. So fit. Ooh. And so he's really good looking. He's mm. really fit. But also he like you say, he speaks like a therapist. Mm. He's ridiculously calm. Even when Emma Thompson tells him to leave, you know, he just asks her questions like even sometimes when, you know, she wants to just rush the sex stuff, he's sort of like, Hey, let's chill a bit. You mm. know, let's try after a while he's not even talking about the sex stuff. He's just trying to work her through other things. That is unfeasible scenario you'd imagine but you're right it's interesting that we're talking about fantasy and he seemed like such fantasy mm. himself i did think uh, i did think at some point it was going to be revealed that the whole thing was was her sexual fantasy because mm. I, I think if you had a, a, a fantasy about sex with a sex worker then they would probably be the perfect man you know they probably mm. would be mm. kind and caring and therapeutic and all of that um, mm. and understanding and overcome all your worries and concerns and, and that sort of thing if it was in your fantasy so I thought oh she's going to wake up in a minute and this will have been a, a dream or her or she we're going to see a big smile on her face as she as she climaxes to this fantasy yeah and in some ways I think that would have been more profound than the truth of the film which is he's real he exists yeah and he's just a really tip-top shit hot sex worker who must get paid a lot because he's so good yeah and of course in um sexual surrogacy where a person was was used to teach people how to have sex is a thing in the uk sexual surrogacy is illegal you if you're so, a sexual so what's this the act of the act of teaching someone to have sex with someone else so you so you have someone stands in as a, as a partner in. So right. they, so that you learn how you either learn how to have sex yourself, or you learn how to have orgasms, or you. you, you but through, through is that this, not just sex work? Well, it is in the UK. That is sex work. Yeah, and is that illegal in the UK? And it's illegal. So, so, right. so if you were a sexual surrogate here, you would be mm -hmm. a, called a sex worker, and and yeah. sex therapists are not sexual. Please know that sex therapists are not sex workers. Except in the it, 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 as much as we work with sex, but we don't do yeah. it. Um, yeah. So it's very different. But in the past, 
this has been done. And Masters and Johnson, who sort of invented sex therapy and did all the original sex therapy research, would have sex in the lab themselves um, mm. to check things out. Mm. And there are certainly in many places people who exclusively work with people who have things like spinal cord injuries or some sort of challenged ability so that mm. they, they would work with them. So generally speaking, that would be specialist sex workers in the UK. So yes. rather than that, and seen as sex workers rather than sex therapists, although, you know, it could be argued that this is a form of sex therapy. And I've I've heard of sex workers working with people with disabilities and I've heard of actually their primary carers also sometimes helping booking them, them to have yeah. booking or, or not helping them to have sex with other disabled people or their partners yeah. and things like that mm. and is that that's not illegal though because I feel like that's all I've read about that a lot and it all seems above board and there's websites and stuff yeah booking for, for someone else is is in theory yeah Right, it's right. illegal. So you know, I'm you know one thing that this film did teach us is it's all it's quite pro pleasure and stuff like that. Whether you know, however it goes about it, and it, I think I suppose this film the the message of it would be you know pleasure's a great thing if you can you know relieve yourself, if you can get rid of the demons in your head and let yourself go and enjoy yourself. You should, and yeah, just in, interestingly, in the case of disabled people who you know, they could do it all in their mind, but maybe they can't with, physically with their body. It's a bit of a shame if they can't get someone to help them. It's a, literally illegal for someone to help them. But Well, there, there are also sex toys specifically for people with challenged abilities. I mean, you, you know, mm. you've got all kinds of things which are e like vibrators that are easy to switch on and things like that if, you, mm. if you've mm. got difficulty holding something. Um, yeah. Real consideration has been given to this, so which is brilliant. Mm. Mm. But anyway, d Emma Thompson didn't have that sort of issue she just booked the and, and I, I'm sorry I get I get all literal with films and I and I sit there thinking where did she find this guy mm. well how did she book him how did she know about this what made her think oh I'll go and book a, an escort I mean presumably escort agency is it something like that you know mm. how did she do it so I, I wanted to know those things about her but we got a whole mm. load of backstory from both of them which became the the kind of focus of the film and in fact I mean you made a really good point on the drive home that the film we went into it thinking it would be about orgasms and the orgasm gap which did play a part but actually it was more about consent and boundaries mm. and to be fair within that I think the film was actually quite a good look at consent and boundaries there was some good consent on display and some bad examples of boundaries and being broken etc but lots of boundary violation lots of boundary violation but to show us how it's not supposed to be done she was incredibly unbounded given mm. you, you know the difficulty with sex incredible that she overstepped overstepped mm -hmm. massively seemingly with everybody mm. you know just yeah. if she had an opinion you had to Everyone's know it. Everyone's going to know yeah. it, yeah. Interestingly, she wasn't a particularly sympathetic character for that reason. I mean, if mm, she was, and, mm. I, and I felt like, oh, if we're, if we're promoting female empowerment and female orgasm and all of that, then why do we have to have such a flawed character? I mean, people should be allowed to be real and we should, we should absolutely be seeing flawed characters. And if we have a heroine, they don't have to be amazing, wonderful, sympathetic people. But it was almost like she was being punished. You know, there you are. She's a, she's a bit of a bitch. Look what she gets for it, you know. And that annoyed me. Mm, I'm glad you used the B word and I didn't there because I was thinking, you know, she's a, say it she's a she's an uptight bitch and, and that's horrible you, to, that you sounds terrible it. 
And I shouldn't be able to, I shouldn't say that, but that's how she's portrayed, and that's what you're trying to say. That sounded so much worse coming from you. I know, it's because I'm a man, I'm so sorry. But that's the way she's presented, and I totally understand your point. You kind of wish that we could see a character who's embracing their sexuality, he wasn't coming from that angle. But also, I wonder if, if she wasn't so annoying and horrible, we might then end up sexualizing her anyway. Like women are always sexualized on screen. You know, if she was if she was really fun, great character, we'd just be like, oh, well, of course she's opening up herself up to sexy sexuality stuff. And we and go- And there wouldn't be any story. And there wouldn't be any story. And we go, how, and she, we'd probably think she was quite hot. And, you know, all that sort of stuff. And again, we'd sexualize her again, like every other woman on screen. So- Yeah, so from that point of view, it was a a, a helpful technique. It just, it Indeed, just is yeah. just that, oh, you know, again, I another- know woman like that having said that god i can't believe i called her a bitch i'm so sorry everyone. wasn't it wasn't it great that she spoiler alert that she was naked at one point emma thompson yeah got naked and and it was that was a great scene that was a great mm. moment because a lot of the film obviously she's fretting about her age and how she looks and stuff like that and uh i thought that was a really powerful moment so that was really really good and there she was looking at herself and you know seeming to appreciate what she got her body yeah yeah i mean again film ends with her smiling at her body, which she couldn't do before. Mm. And so ultimately she's come a long way and it's great. Yeah. All right, brilliant. Well, we've bridged the orgasm gap, I think, with that one. Um, what a fun outing that was for us. Our first school trip. Please send us in where you would like us to go on our next school trip. If there's any sexy stuff uh, you guys know about that we could go to, that'd be great. You can send them in to us on Instagram or Twitter. We're at RealSexEdPod or email us in podcast at hatchet.com. You can also send in any questions or queries you have related to sex, relationships and intimacy and Kate will answer them on the podcast. And that's what we're doing in part two of the podcast right after this. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the mailbag. Send Katie queries to podcast at hatch.com. It's the mailbag. Send Katie queries. Podcast at hatch with two T's. Hello there. I have a query for Kate. I would like to know when the Real Sex Education mailbag starts. The Real Sex Education mailbag starts right now. Thank you. Right, Mum, it's that time where we open up our mailbox and I put some sex and relationship questions to you and our lovely listeners. If you have a question for Kate, you can email it into podcast at hatchet.com or DM us on Twitter and Instagram at RealSexEdPod. And whilst you're there, why don't you give us a follow? We post cute pics and stuff. It's very cool. All right. First question comes from Marina. And Marina says, I'm 67 and haven't had sex since I was 50. I had a hysterectomy and my husband was scared to touch me after that. 
so sex just tailed off. The other day, I said to him that our New Year resolution should be to have sex again, and he just said that he thought that was all behind us now. He seemed mm. really embarrassed and didn't want to talk about it. Is it really too late for us? My husband is 66. No, of course it's not. Um, no, I think jumping from no sex at all into intercourse is asking quite a lot. And he was probably taken quite by surprise and was probably thinking, oh, I'd quite like to have a think about this. This is a bit, you know, this is a bit much all of a sudden. But they could take it more slowly. I mean, they could have a, a chat about what they want to do rather than what they don't do. So start really slow with holding hands, cuddling up on the sofa, just giving one another a back rub or something like that, having a bath together. Yeah, I'm always going on about baths. Yeah. Well, we know what you're into. Uh, and then um, just building things up gradually. And I think, it, obviously, I'm going to say, ideally, see a sex therapist mm. because they will definitely help you through this process. But it probably needs a bit more of a conversation, doesn't it, before they before they're able to to just just get into it. I think it's a shame that people do this thing so often of having one conversation that takes someone else by surprise, and you forget you've been thinking about this and building up to it for a long time, and the partner doesn't know it's coming and is mm. really shocked mm. and has to has to regroup and think about what they want. And it might be that he comes back and says, you know what, that really is behind me. And then that's a different conversation, which again could be helped by therapy about what he might want. I mean, you know, they might want to open up in some way. They might, mm -hmm. you know, they might be interested in in cuckolding, but not necessarily. So so it certainly, it certainly is not too late is the answer. And just for my own thing, what is a hysterectomy? Oh, oh, it's having the womb removed. Right. And so that's quite a big procedure. It's I major, major. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah. big so surgery. And so when the womb is removed, also, they also remove the top sort of part of the vagina as well. So it you don't go back to have it. And, and you've obviously got an abdominal wound. So you're not going to get back into intercourse straight away. And I guess from whenever you stop, it's quite easy to stay stopped. And people are quite often scared of hurting their partners. Mm. So that's another thing, I guess, to remind your husband is be like, no, no, I feel, I feel good now. They're not going to hurt me. Sort but, of thing. but, but you know, if you treat it as experimental rather than thinking, okay, if we if we have a go and it doesn't work, then that's it. It's it's over. Of course, it's not. There's all sorts of things you can do and all sorts of help you can get. Mm. And it's difficult because sometimes it can be painful to have intercourse if you haven't if you're older and you haven't had it for a long time. So mm. that's something to maybe think about as well. Think in terms of investigating um, lubrication and that sort of thing. But sex, as I'm always saying, is not all about intercourse. And there's and you know build build up gradually if that's where you want to to end up. But there are so many other lovely things you could be doing too. Mm. All right, wonderful. Well. The next question is from Anonymous, who says, I really get turned on by hair. It's not really pubic hair, but long flowing hair. I also like long chest hair. I identify as pansexual, but I'm only attracted to boys with long hair. I have a long term girlfriend, nearly two years, who doesn't know about this. She just had her hair cut which was a shock. Mm. I don't feel as attracted to her now, which has really upset her. She knows I don't like her hair this way, although not why, and thinks I'm being controlling. I thought about asking her to wear a wig, but I'm not sure what she'll think. Wow. Yeah, don't ask her to wear a wig. No. Hmm. no. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe she'd go along with that. But, hmm. um, but, but it, yeah, wow. It's a fetish, isn't it? So I think you have to come clean with this, don't, don't you? 
Yeah, maybe. I, it's a, it just it's going to be a difficult conversation to just come out and be like, by the way, I know we've been dating for two years, but, and it sounds like a fetish. It sounds like this is what this person needs to get off, not just a kink where it's like, oh, we can do this every now and then. It feels like the, a fetish where full it's like fetish. every t- mm. a full on fetish where every t- mm. like this is what I need to get turned on. And I think if my partner turned around two years and was like, oh, by the way you know, there's this big fetish I have and you had no idea about. That might freak me out. But then again, maybe, and especially as I've just cut my hair really short. Yeah, yeah. some warning would have been helpful, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, but this is tough. I mean, you know, we have to deal with the situation we're in right now and this is the situation we're in. So, so you think come clean? The problem here is if she didn't know about the fetish and he says, I don't fancy you with short hair, she's going to be thinking, well, what about me? What about the me you love? Why, mm. why doesn't the me you love turn you on? And if yeah. you, if you have a, a particular fetish where that is the only way you can get turned on, then she, I guess, needs to know about that. Because the way it's framed is don't fancy her anymore. Yeah, and and if, yeah. if that's what's coming across, she's going to be really upset because it's a re- reasonably long relationship where I guess she'd be expecting him to be quite into her, her mind. And their mm, friendship mm. and all of that, rather than mm. just her hair. Yeah. But is there a way of phrasing it being like, listen, I love you and I want to keep having sex with you. It's just I really do like the long hair thing. You know, is that something we can... Oh, God. That, then, then they might be like, well, I can wear a wig. I mean, that's just... It's just not, yeah, I think it's a really sticky situation. I think here, we I don't know say. enough. I mean, I think we don't, I mean, if he, he, if he's really sort of turned off, then it's going to be really obvious, isn't it? But otherwise, I mean, mm. he, he's going to have to say, you know, I didn't mention it, but I'm really into long hair and it's just thrown me a bit. Maybe he could say and then see how it goes. But how, but then I would respond and be like, oh, you don't like my hair. Well, the other thing here is if he hasn't told her about the, the fetish, we have to start saying, why is he ashamed of it? Why why couldn't he have been up front right from the beginning? And because, you know, it, really, it's not hurting anybody to be into hair. Why not just be open about it and say, you know what, I'm really, really into hair. It's a real mm. thing for me. I mean, why why not be open about it? I mean, I think the problem here is that he's kept it a secret and now he's got to to explain so i guess he's got to explain yeah and let that be a lesson not to hide things yeah yeah but then you got to choose your moment still because that then asks like when do you tell people these things and i guess like if you meet someone Mm. on the first day and you're like by the way i literally need long hair to get off Mm. people might be a little bit at first be like whoa but you know that's why it's a tough one but i mean people have this with with all kinds of things like when they start dating when do you tell people all sorts of things like i've been Mm. married before i've got a child i've you know um i don't know you know i have a health issue issue. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly anything it is a thing that lots of people have to go through and you do have to to choose your moment it's not it's this is not more unusual than that really can we role play the conversation because I just don't know how they're going to do it. I will be, I will play the role of short hair girlfriend and you can tell me how you're going to start this conversation. No, no, I, I'm girl. I want to be the girlfriend. Uh, but th- th- to be honest, I don't know. I don't, but this is what I'm trying to say. I don't know how to do this. How do you have this conversation? That's well, what I want you to tell me. Well, <sighs> well I guess. Get into you, character. No, I see, I'm not the best person with this. I've got short hair. 
No, I know, but you're the one who is given this advice. So how do they start the conversation? I'll, I'll, I'll kick us off. Hey, babe, what do you think of my new hair? I hate it. <laughs> I uh, why do you hate it? I'm sorry, I was just taken by surprise. I've never mentioned it before, but I, I really, I'm really into long hair. It's just, I'm just a bit of a shock. Oh right. Um, ah, oh, so you don't like it then? Um, maybe I'll get used to it. Okay, well that's lying, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean. It's really this difficult. It's so hard. It's so hard. But I think, but I think that's the best course of action. That's the way to do it. And be honest and say I should have been more honest with you before. Mm. And and say I really really like you. I want to keep going out with you. But this is just the truth. I really liked your long hair before. And maybe just keep stressing. You know, I really liked your long hair before. I mean, the proof of the pudding is going to be how they get on mm. subsequently, isn't it? And whether whether they are still able to have sex, whether they're still able to be friends, whether they just ride it out until it grows. Or she might not want to ever grow it again, but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we have to see. Do you think we've cracked it for them? I think so. I think basically the best way to just because I was worried, I was like, how do you start the conversation? And I think if you say, listen, I I should have mentioned this before because you can only be honest, and then how you work it out as a as a couple will go from there. All right, tough ones today, but that's it. Thank you so much for your questions. As I say, if you want yours answered, please get in touch, podcast at hatchet.com or DM us at Real Sex Head Pod. You'll find us on Twitter and Instagram. Mum, thank you very much for your expertise. Oh, thank you for a lovely show. <laughs> thank you. And I like your hair. <laughs> oh, great. There we go. <laughs> Steady. Uh, thank you at home for listening. We'll see you next time for some more Real Sex Education. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Real Sex Education, which is hosted by Diggory Waite and Kate Campbell. The show is produced by Diggory Waite, and the executive producer is Claire Broughton. The Real Sex Education is a hat-trick podcast. This podcast is based on the real-life relationship between Diggory Waite and his mother, accredited sex therapist Kate Campbell. The show is therefore inspired by, but otherwise unrelated to, the TV show Sex Education. But yes, Diggory does wish his mother was played by Gillian Anderson. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.